0: As you bring on employees, as you bring on different vendors, suppliers, customers, you're going to need those systems in place because you cannot do everything yourself. So you need to start building those systems. And as you grow, they're going to change along. You're trying to build a business where one day hopefully you're thinking about selling it and retiring off the profit. If you don't have those systems in place, who wants to buy that business?
1: Hi and welcome back to the My Future Business Show. My name's Rick Nusky. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you very much for supporting the show. I've been reading through some of your feedback and it's heartwarming to just see some of the the feedback that I'm receiving. Um, So it's making all of the difference knowing that that the show is making a difference for you. Now, speaking about making a difference, I'm on the line with the wonderful Steve Feld. How are you, Steve? Excellent. And yourself? I'm oh, well, thank you. I've two feet and a heartbeat, I like to say. I can't complain too much. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: now, Excellent. Steve and I are going to be talking a, a lot today about his award-winning uh, certified coaching business. And uh, we're going to be taking a, a deep dive into you know, lots of different elements. But before we do that, Steve, I'd love to spend a fraction of time Um, unwrapping a bit of your um, private life and things like where you're located and uh, what you enjoy doing in your recreational time, if there's such a thing for you.
0: Well, yes, I am in Phoenix, Arizona. I love the heat. We've been having a cold front recently, but we're getting back up in the the temperatures. (laughs) Uh, My free time, I was actually spending a lot of time. I do a lot of workshops for SCORE as a mentor and been teaching karate, unfortunately oh. the pandemic kind of shut all that down
1: wow so how, how long have you done karate for
0: At seven years i had a goal to reach my black belt very late in life and yeah. i i missed my goal by exactly three weeks because i had to have shoulder surgery oh wow well congratulations
1: on that I think that's a karate (laughs) I think it's a wonderful thing to do my boys do karate and they love it I think it's great for discipline and I think that's very relevant to this conversation it's probably a good place to dovetail into um, your discussion about um, your career as a certified and award-winning coach but I think if we go back one step Steve and just ask if you could please just to reveal a little bit about your former professional experiences? Because I I know that they you have worked with some pretty major brands out there, some Fortune 500 companies. Would you mind sharing a little bit about that with, with the My Future Business audience?
0: Yes, I've actually owned and operated six different businesses and operated businesses for three others. So I've worked for a division of Warner Brothers, Farmers Insurance, and Starwood. I actually was the general manager of a place called Rawhide, which was an 1880s western theme town. Not your typical business. (laughs) And we were overseen by Starwood and they just didn't know what to do with us because they're used to these nice resorts and everything and here (laughs) we are in the dirt shooting each other.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What better way to live? Hey, listen, um, tell us your experience with the Harlem Globetrotters.
0: Yeah, the Harlem Globetrotters, I was with them for few years i actually took their merchandise global i was a director of opera or director of merchandise operations so we kind of just went through and i started bringing e-commerce into play even how to market beyond the the event itself so doing the e-commerce we even created some booklets that we gave out at the shows Mm -hmm. and then we got a lot of repeat business in and that actually grew the business phenomenally we had some monster growth that they've never ever seen before in merchandise sales
1: now that's uh leads me to the obvious question you did walk away with some wonderful merchandise yourself hopefully
0: oh yes oh yes <laughs> <laughs> i've I se- created quite a bit of it <laughs> i've seen a lot of
1: your work and i've and i've done my research and the, the things that you've achieved with your clients um in one-to-one settings you know group settings. Um, seminars and speaking it's just phenomenal you've you've been able to turn some businesses around from pretty much going out of business basically to being very very successful um i'd love to talk a little bit um more about that in a moment but you've also authored and if i'm correct correct me if i'm wrong that you started your own book business as well is that correct
0: yes i've written three books right up there oh, yes, and there then I'm a co-founder of a publishing company with another individual, so they brought the yin to my yang. They're they're good (laughs) on the – I'm not good on the typewriting and the copywriting and the the details and covers. That's their strengths. But we created something that anyone could use as an expert book. That's what we're kind of calling it. So if you want to set yourself apart from, say, being a realtor, an insurance person, how do you set yourself apart when it's just, oh, here's another real estate agent or another insurance agent? By having your own book showcasing what, how you help your clients and highlighting you and how you work with your clients, that will set you apart. It's a quick little read, fit 10 to 15 minutes, about 50 to 80 pages, down and dirty, but Everyone we've ever created one of those books for, they just call us back up. They go, that's now my new calling card book.
1: Yeah, wow. But it's the it's the 21st century version of the business card, isn't it?
0: Absolutely.
1: Now, talk to me about um, the process of becoming an author. You've talked about how that's not, I guess, your strength, but you stuck <laughs> to it. You know, you had that tenacity to see it through. I guess starting from the end first, how did it feel when you finally completed your first book, let alone three, and what is the process that you went through to stay the course until the end?
0: I always think the end in mind. When do I want it ready to be edited? When am I going to hand it off to the copywriter so they can start working their magic and clean up my bad grammar? (laughs) (laughs) I joke about it, but that's why I bring these. That's their strength. That's not my strength. My strength is working on businesses. But I get it out of my head, and I'm one of those handwriting people, so I have the dates, and then I actually schedule it in my calendar backwards, to figure out how much time. Create my outline, and this outline, and I'm a free throwing, free throw flowing person. So I (laughs) just see how well that (laughs) flowed. I just write. Yeah. Get it out of my head. Yeah. Then I go back in, and now we're going to put it in its right outline. I already have the outline. Now we try to format it. I'll do one more edit myself, then send it off to them. I know it's going to take them a month or two. Usually they can do everything within the 30 days. So I get it to them. They give me back a proof. I'll go through that one more proof, and then here we go. We're done.
1: I have a, I have a special place on the show for book authors because I know that there is a a definite process behind it and it takes a certain type of individual to see this through so congratulations mm-hmm. on these books now uh, i wonder the fourth in, in, one
0: coming out that'll be done before the end of the year that's excellent
1: excellent um and on this i wonder in the in the non-fiction realm or niche if you like how important is storytelling is there an element of storytelling even to a non-fiction books that you write
0: absolutely the one I'm working on right now is about how to start or grow a networking group because I've consulted, been hired on by many different networking groups, chambers of commerces to help them increase membership, and it all comes down to value. So I'm thinking, wait, I've done it for so many different groups. Why not share that knowledge for someone who wants to grow like even their own business? And I've interviewed so many different organizers of so many different networking groups and I've actually share I'm sharing their stories in there in every single chapter to reinforce those ideas.
1: Yeah you've worked with uh, you know more than 300 startups small and small and medium-sized businesses you've obviously had this experience at the top of the tree in uh, these fortune 500 companies that we spoke about earlier what was the genesis for you saying hey look I want to become a a certified coach where did this come from?
0: That started off, well, my very first business was writing business plans, and I got stuck into IT. I'm not a techie. So I don't know how this happened. <laughs> <Sometimes> <laughs> One techie that's... led to another techie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> then it started evolving that they would go, I'm looking for venture capital money. What do I do? Because they speak tech, not business. Mm-hmm. So I started coaching them on how to communicate to business owners who have the money. And then we started building decks. And next thing I know, it transmitted into business plans, marketing plans, operational plans. And then I'm coaching them how to communicate so they can speak in business, not mm-hmm. in tech. Well, that was all grown great. But as we all know, the tech bubble burst, and so did my business. Learned <laughs> a great lesson. <laughs> Don't put all your eggs in one basket. I refocused. I went back after working with so many different companies. Doing change management, process improvement. That's when I said I had some life coaches I knew, and they did a little session on me without me really realizing it. <laughs> they they kind of pointed me in this direction. They go, the things you're most passionate about is helping business owners thrive and survive. Mm-hmm. Period. I go, that's true, hands yep. down. Yep. I want to reverse the trend of the you know eight percent, eight out of every one hundred business owners survive. Mm. That's got to change. Yeah. They go, you're great at bringing the knowledge in and your experiences and your resources. Why are you not coaching them? And I'm like, well, I am. And they go, no, just coaching, kill everything else, yep. just coaching. And I'm like, yeah. That that was that moment. I went and became got certified. I always joke that. Certification means you take a lot more classes, learn a whole bunch more things, and get a piece (laughs) of paper.
1: (laughs) It's one thing to to go to the courses. It's another thing to be actually doing it. Um, Where did the award-winning component come from? Can you share a little bit about that with us?
0: Yes. On one of my businesses, I had a retail store. It was a custom picture frame shop. and I ended up winning the local chamber Small Business of the Year Award as well as I picked up a couple other words. One was from the Organizational for Entrepreneurial Development for my cost-cutting uh, inventory systems.
1: Wow, that's so awesome. I
0: actually reduced inventory costs from 35% down to 8% by setting up some purchasing structures in there, using my knowledge from my other businesses. I'm like, why am I not using it for my own?
1: Yeah, it makes sense, doesn't it? I, you, you talk a lot about uh, you know, these structures and processes and the thing that jumps out to me are systems. How important are systems uh, for the success of small to medium-sized businesses, do you think?
0: I think it's very crucial because most small business owners are just go. So they're not setting up the structure for long-term sustainability and long-term success. Because as you bring on employees, as you bring on different vendors, suppliers customers you're going to need those systems in place because you cannot do everything yourself so you need to start building those systems and as you grow they're going to change along but you you're trying to build a business where one day hopefully you're thinking about selling it and retiring off the profit if you don't have those systems in place who wants to buy that business because now they're trying to no one gonna buy you you're going to retire so you <laughs> need done. to have the systems in place <laughs> yeah.
1: so we're talking about document uh, documented systems are we uh, you know with the advent mm-hmm. of the popularity of video what's your view on video training is that is that something that's worthwhile creating as part of this um, exit strategy ultimately
0: I think so some of the business owners that I've seen they've actually created like little mini modules for incoming employees or welcome emails they're getting used to being in front of a camera more and more but it also helps if you're doing it i got something come up for an exit strategy workshop coming up and one of the big things that we teach them is <clears throat> you need to have all your ducks in the row for an easy transition because when you got to think of from the buyer's point of view is everything there and are you going to be accessible to help them afterwards? So it could be video training. It could be, hey, I'll be around for the next month. I'll work in your business until a certain time frame. Help that transition out because it's going to help everybody in the long run.
1: See, it makes a lot of sense, but it's not something that small business owners often think about is this exit strategy. No. They, you know, think they they're going to be omnipresent forevermore. And it's just not the the fact that you have a finite finite life in your business, don't you?
0: That's it. I've joked, but it's true. It's like the business is going to end one day with or without you. (laughs) You're either going to die in your business. It's going to kill you. You're (laughs) going to sell it. You're going to be acquired. What do you want to do with it? And most small business owners do not have the end in mind. They're just on go mode. you got to have an exit strategy. And it sounds crazy when you start a business to develop, develop your exit strategy. But if you don't know where you're taking your business, how do you know where you're gonna? How do you know to get there?
1: It's a true north star, essentially, isn't it? You can you can essentially set up a a frame of mind that will guide you to that ultimate uh, objective. It's very sage advice. Thank you very much. Now, um, when you look at um, all of the different elements of a system, you've got your subsets. You've got your um, obviously uh, operations, and part of that is is uh, marketing. Now, part of the bio that I read for you was that your message is your money. I was wondering if you can share what you mean by that and I guess expand on it a little bit.
0: Yes, absolutely. I like picking on some businesses because we all see the adverts in the local magazines, newspapers. And when I talk to those business owners, my favorite question is, what is your ROI on that return on that ad? And I hear the same thing almost every single time. It's horrible. They give me some very expletives as well. (laughs) And the reason is it's not the ad or the magazine or the target. It's you're just trying to be everything to everyone with your message. Come see me. You gotta really know who your target market is because every you're paying for every single character that gets printed. So why not make your headline talking to your target market? You're not gonna be everything to everyone. Gotta get that out of your head. You're going to attract some of the outliers, but who's your true target market? Talk to them. What is their problem? How are you solving their problem? That's what you got to think of. Every character is money, and when you put an ad in the paper, are you getting your money's worth? Probably not.
1: Yeah, thank you. I, you know, you you see a lot of people throwing um, money at the wall and hoping that some of it sticks with regard to their return on investment, don't you? I. I guess right. if you're starting out, um, a lot of people say this, hey, look, I'm thinking about throwing some money at uh, Facebook. Um, how do you know when you're a, a startup business where to invest that money and to what are the some of the steps that you need to do to get a return?
0: Absolutely. The first thing I break it back down, who are you trying to attract? Mm-hmm. Who who buys your product or service? And if they don't know that, that's where we need to start. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We have all heard the horror stories. I've bought Facebook ads, and it doesn't work. Well, it does work. It didn't work for you because you just threw an ad out there. You need to know who your target market is and talk to them. Don't worry about everyone else. Just talk to your target market. If you don't know who that is, we have to narrow that down. And what are their problems? You should know what their problems are, and then how are you the, the solver of those problems. And how can you deliver some content that can help them as well?
1: There are so many different things that I think about when I, I talk to different business owners and they say, oh, I need a business plan and I need a marketing strategy and I need a system. But you are one person a lot of the times. Um, you know, we have um, small to medium-sized business owners, but we also have, the, I guess, the one-person bands uh, on the show. So... Um, With that in mind, where is the biggest bang for buck in terms of, you know, when we're starting out, what should be set up first? Is it uh, getting the copywriting done? Should it be to get the first sale? Where do they start?
0: Yeah, we actually take it even back. A lot of people think, oh, I got to create a business plan before I do anything. Well, the point, there's a couple different points of a business plan. It could be to seek out investors or maybe gain clarity in your business, or it's providing you a blueprint. There's also another thing that's out there called a business model canvas, something short and sweet. And McDonald's, out of all companies, utilize the business model canvas. Short and sweet, one page, but you need to be focused on your business. Who are you? Who? Who is your target market? Who do you serve? How do you serve them? How are you going to deliver to them? It could be all done on one page piece of paper. It'll take time. It's not easy, mm. but once you know what your business is, now you can get in the nitty gritty. How you? What is the message you need to communicate to them that you're going to deliver upon?
1: This seems to me like something that you know a a person thinks that because they have access to Google that they have access to all of the answers and they think, well, okay, if I watch this or I read this post or I watch this video, they're going to have the golden, you know, the golden goose that lays the egg, but they're not. Now, I'd love to use that as a bit of a segue into how important it is to have somebody by your side to help you work through this. Is, Is there a need to have a relationship with someone like yourself to succeed, do you think?
0: Absolutely, I learned this way before I had my first business. I actually had a mentor, and my mentor actually gave me—they let me see the the spots that I can't see, those blind spots in my own life, whereas they could see them because they're seeing it from a different point of view. Mm -hmm. This mentor really guided me and gave me some different drives that I didn't even believe having, I didn't think I had in me. And then that's when I realized, years later, he goes, "You know, I—you were one of my best mentees." I'm like, "I was." (laughs) you were my mentor i it never clicked and here i am every week we talked for about 30 minutes and he just helped me in life then when i got into business the first thing i did is i went and got a mentor immediately because i only know what i know i know i didn't know a lot my mentor actually helped me and told me you need to go get a coach so i listen to my mentor right i went and got a coach that was the turning point from that point forward and since then i've always had a coach i can't be a coach to someone if i don't have a coach of i actually have two coaches <laughs> yeah so you're <laughs> expanding your mind through things. having
1: somebody there aren't you
0: absolutely they help me see things that i am not seeing myself i mean michael jordan probably the arguably the greatest basketball player ever he had 12 coaches so I didn't here he is that. Best of the best, 12 coaches. He had a nutrition coach, a shooting coach, a dribbling coach. He he knew he cannot see himself doing this. He knew someone else can see things that he can't see or feel. And that's why he brought these people in.
1: I think um, because you're working with other human beings, they have a set of beliefs and they hold uh, different values than maybe yourself, be they good, bad or indifferent. Um, when you're you're going into this space and you're working with your clients, um, do you teach them or uh, introduce them to new ideas in terms of mindset and personal behavior and um, health and well-being? Where does it where does it go in terms of what you provide?
0: Yeah, I've always said I'm a business coach because I like the numbers, I like the facts, I love the business. Yeah. But I've learned over years, I'm also part life coach. I do need to get them in the right frame of mind so they can see things from a different perspective. A lot of times business owners, they might have all these employees and they treat them as employees, they see them as employees. When I and I got to change that mindset like do you understand these are the greatest assets in your business. If you develop them, how much better your business will be instead of just treating them like an employee. So we do have to do a little mind shifting every now and then and as a business owner, you do feel lonely every now and then. I'm not going to say it oh, yeah. doesn't happen. It mm-hmm. happens. And by having someone there that you can, it's your confidant, to, to share this and ha- have them help you out of that moment is critical. So we definitely have to get into a little bit of that mindset. Yeah. Uh, st- stop looking at the world negative, look at it positive, and watch how that will transmit to everything else you do.
1: You would have to, given the nature of the world that we live in, it's such a variable, the only constant that is everything is always changing. Um, when 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 we're confronted with this sort of reality and your businesses are most certainly affected in one way or another, what are some of the, I guess, the rebounds and strategies that you teach people to be aware of and, and implement?
0: One of the things, a lot of times business owners think everything's hunky-dory. Mm they're still making some money at the end of the day but it's like you know how much money you're actually leaving on the table or yep. not going after that you can make small little tweaks in your business to get that that income coming in and especially since the the pandemic a lot of business owners i i looked at them as two different kind of business owners we have the ostriches who put their heads in the sand and say it's going to be over soon <laughs> <laughs> that's not working out so well and then you had the other ones who went into panic mode. So some of them went into panic mode, running around like a chicken with their head coughed, so they needed some help. But you had some of those going, I got an idea. Someone knows something more than me. Who is that person? And they sought us out. March, April, and May, for me, was the hands-down busiest months because a lot of business owners were freaking out. What they needed was a sound, someone from a sound mind who wasn't, emotionally and financially attached to their business getting their head back into the game and shifting their perspective on business is not the way it was a month ago let's shift over it's still business you can still operate life will go on this is going to be okay and how to make that shift something they just needed a little hand on and a little help to get that shift mind shift in there a
1: bit of guidance now you, you, you're talking about essentially the feast and famine, aren't you? And you're flattening that out by you know coming back into the fold and understanding um, the impacts of what they're doing. Now, another thing that I'm, I'm thinking about is because of the nature of the world we live in, innovation must be very, very important right now. Can you tell us a little bit about your views on innovation?
0: Yes, uh, I'll give you an example. A business owner called me up right as soon as everything went down a very medium-sized restaurant held about 75 people in there of course mm. the order said no one in the restaurant they didn't know what to do they've never done takeout they've had carryout but they've never had delivery they've never thought of any of these things and we were talking it's like wait a minute they're relentless about getting everyone signed up for their newsletter yeah. <laughs> like, i think we're missing something here <laughs> and they don't see it because they're just they're so seeing, we have to shut the doors
1: yeah
0: so it's time to innovate so let's start talking about how to order online real easy and then you can do delivery they end up doing delivery takeout they end up we ended up talking about doing bulk of delivery it's a barbecue restaurant so Let's be real. Who really eats barbecue by themselves? (laughs) (laughs) It's a family of meal, right? (laughs) It's in a gathering. So we started doing bulk kind of packaging and they started shipping across the U.S. And it was like they haven't laid off one person. They're begging for people to hire on right now. And they are crushing it. And they change certain menu items so they can prepackage it and send it out or do bulk orders. They've never ever even thought about doing bulk for takeout. They've done delivery, pickup, you name it, curbside things that they've never, ever touched before. And they never even had an outdoor patio until two months ago. <laughs>
1: Talk about a, a really good problem to have, not being able to find enough people to put on oh. in this time of year. That's amazing. It, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You've, you, there's also some soft skills too, I guess, that back up mm-hmm. the operational and strategic management of a business. You you obviously do a lot of work with uh, goal setting. Uh, I'm wondering if we can just touch on that and uh, how often somebody should goal set. What does it entail? Does it mean that you have to have a long list of to dos? How does a how does a goal setting process work?
0: Yeah, I, I always. I always recommend definitely goal setting. Don't make resolutions, make goals. Mm-hmm. Make smart goals so it can be strategic, measurable, act, ac- achievable, mm-hmm. and realistic and uh, have a timeline to it. You cannot do a ton of goals at one time. I started uh, well the, this fourth quarter. I just recently read, well, last quarter, a book called 12-Week Year, and it's condensing a year into 12 weeks. And it has definitely changed a whole bunch of things in my business. Instead of doing 10, 15 goals and having all these things that I have to do in a year, mm-hmm. I condense it down to 12 weeks and only I'm, I'm only focusing on three goals. That is it. If it doesn't solve the fit in those three goals, I can't touch it right now. I can do it next year in January, which will be my next year, my 12 week year by doing that got me hyper focused. And then I started testing this out with some of my clients. They were trying to do 15 goals at once. And we said, let's pick out the top three goals that's gonna impact the business the most in the most positive manner. We found those three goals. Okay, Everything else, push it off to the side. Everything you do from now on has to fit into these three goals, Mm -hmm. period. Mm -hmm. They've all come back on. They're now going at warp speed because they know where they need to go and they we have an actionable plan to get to that goal so I'm a big believer in goal-setting I write down my goals every day still it's I look at my vision board I believe because I being the visual gets it in your head yep I believe in using all these things even though I thought years and years ago I thought it was all hooey but (laughs) seeing the power of it it was like wait it's way too powerful to ignore.
1: Yeah, we can't be naive, can we? We need to open our eyes, and I think that's where the great value of the My Future Business show comes into the play. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you very much for sharing that. I, um, I look at all of the different things that we could possibly talk about, and, and the list is long. You, you, can, you can talk about how to uh, manage time, take responsibilities, change management. Um, but one I think that we need to talk about is communication. How important is communication from an operational standpoint and from a, a business to consumer standpoint?
0: Absolutely. Being in the operations and marketing pretty much every, everything I've ever done, it's very dear, near and dear to my heart. And I learned the thing I needed to work on a long time ago was communication skills. It, you have to be clear in your message whether you're the owner talking to your employees, you're the owner of the business talking to your suppliers, your vendors, your customers. You need to have a clear message. So communication is critical. And I even tell people sometimes, go to Toastmasters. It's, you don't ah. it, It'll help clean up your communication skills. It'll also help your leadership skills as well. They teach that. But you need to be clear in your communication because if your customer or your employees or even your spouse, they it doesn't your communication isn't resonating with them. Mm-hmm. It's not them; it's you. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh. oh
1: yeah, I looked through your website at uh, bizcoachsteve.com, com, which I'll be making available to everybody after the call, Steve. And there's a okay. lot of a uh, lot of great content on there. You, you've got your speaking and your workshops and. A whole host of other resources now um, when people do find you or they want to find you not only are they going to go to that website but what is i guess the formalities the process behind uh, engaging with you and starting to work with you and when they do what's the relationship in terms of time look like
0: oh absolutely i'm actually redoing my website so that's you hit a very nerve a good nerve <laughs> <in my body>. <laughs> <laughs> I actually brought on the right people who are the strategic alliance. I know they do phenomenal work. I don't have to worry about it. So it was staying true to my business. You do what you're good at. I'll do what I'm good at. (laughs) (laughs) I usually just meet with someone for about 15 to 30 minutes. We have a conversation. I want to get to know them. I want them to get to know me. And I'm a big believer. you got to find the right person to work with. Yes. If we're oil and water, then let's just end both end this and let's not make either of us miserable. That's okay. Mm-hmm. I will pro- probably know someone who is a better suited breed. That is fine. I'd be more than happy to share the resource. But odds are I usually get along with people. And we just want to make sure we're going to have the integrity, the trust level. It's like because we're going to have some of those deep conversations somewhere along the line. Oh, yeah. And I'm there for you. I'm not battling you. I'm on your side. But I'm also there to help you solve, to get to your goals. I'm your advocate. But I'm also going to give you a little tough love on the way. And keep you straight and true to your course. And then from there, what I've been doing too is, because I'm working on the next version of one of my books, Mm -hmm. is developing case studies. So I'm talking to business owners. I put them through one of our software programs. And in one hour time, I can usually find them at least $50,000 or more in their business without them spending any more money on marketing or advertising. Oh, wow. And just perform a case study. But it also gives us a good roadmap that we can use, just not only in the 45 minutes, going back to it, doing the whole process, it'll give us a great roadmap to follow for the next two years.
1: Now, speaking of your books, Steve, where mm-hmm. are people able to source them?
0: Yes, you can well, go to BizCoach, Steve, mm-hmm. and then Amazon. Amazon, of available course. available on Amazon. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Thank you so very How much. How can I avoid that? <laughs> oh, no, absolutely not. you got to be where the market is, don't you? Now, That's Steve, um, you're a wonderful soul. You've shared so much in such a short amount of time. And for anybody who is on the call with us, there is, um, the, I guess, the, uh, the, the depth and breadth of content and instruction and guidance and relationship building with steve is significant so if uh, you are on the call and you're looking for help and you want to unlock that revenue who doesn't i'd be reaching out to bizcoachsteve.com and saying hello to steve and with all that uh, said steve this has just been a fantastic conversation on all of the services that you provide thank you very much for joining me on the show today
0: my pleasure thank you for having me i hope we give something to your audience that they can just take and use and implement their business to grow it.
1: Thanks for joining us today. If you enjoyed the call, then make sure to subscribe, leave a comment, share us with your friends, and book your spot on the show at myfuturebusiness.com forward slash interviews. And if you're looking for solutions that will help grow your business, then visit myfuturebusiness.com forward slash shop.